Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of the audio version of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon, and today, me and Matt Drury are tackling a listener-submitted question about food sources and how their palatability and their attractiveness to deer can change throughout the season. So why might a food plot or a field or something be attractive now versus later? Or why isn't it attractive right now, but why might deer like it later into the year? That's what we're tackling. Hope you enjoy it. And if you're hunting out there, good luck. And now I will throw this back to our previously recorded interview. All right, welcome back to another episode of the 100% Wild Podcast. I'm Mark Kenyon with Wired to Hunt. With me, as always, is my pal, Matt Drury. How are you, man? I'm good, buddy. How are you today? I'm doing well. I uh, Like you were in last week's episode, you are still in the truck. I like it. <laughs> I like the fact that you're out I, hunting. And that I'm curious, what did, you, <laughs> yeah, what, did, what did you have to do to convince... Uh, terry and mark to let you out of the office dungeon that they usually have you in (laughs) well you know what they're so preoccupied right now with hunting that they don't even know what's happening (laughs) that's good (laughs) no i don't know what's happening at the studio at the moment (laughs) oh wow (laughs) things could be going wild right now that good thing though mark today i was supposed to be getting my delivery of the elk meat from utah at the studio so i gotta go there before i go home that is good news. That is some tasty, tasty meat. You're in. For, you're in for a treat. I'm looking forward to it. My first. My first time to have my own elk meat. There's about 240 pounds of it, so I'm gonna be eating it for a while. That is some good stuff. I'm jealous of you. I, I think I've got just a little bit left over from our elk hunt last year, so I might need to drive out to Missouri just so I can steal a little bit of your elk. <laughs> Come on, brother. Come on. I'll even cook you a meal. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I know that we, we both have got a lot of things going on today, so we want to get right into our question of the day. Tackle that one. So uh, what do you say? Should we get to that? Let's do it. Hey, Mark. Just had a quick question for you. Uh, but first, hey, I love your podcast. I think you guys do some great work. And, uh, you know, you really encouraged me to be more of a student of the uh, this sport that we uh, all love so much. Anyway, uh Quick question, planted a food plot, uh, less than a quarter acre, just a small kill plot in a, uh, a dried up swamp bed. Um, definitely deer traveling through there. I actually had an eight point come through tonight. Um, but the, the plot that I planted is brassicas and some clover, and it's beyond knee high. You know, they're not eating it at all. And uh, actually watched this eight point tonight walk right along the edge of it and uh, not even take a bite and just wondering if maybe it's the wrong time of year for this kind of food and kind of new this is my first food plot so I'm new to the food plot thing and just wonder if you had any insight on that all right thanks a lot love the show all right bye okay so great question um it's one I, I hear a lot actually from people when they plant food plots sometimes they're like why aren't the deer hitting them at this time of year or why won't they touch the brassicas um so I, I can take a quick stab at this, Matt, maybe, and then uh, if you want to tell me if I sound like an idiot or if maybe I know what I'm talking about. Um, but I think I think there's a couple things going on here. Um, one thing to, to keep in mind is that deer are selective browsers. So they select for certain types of food sources at certain times of the year based on their certain nutritional needs. So some types of plants will be more nutritional, more palatable, 
at different times of the year. So deer know that somehow, and they will selectively choose where they go or even pick certain leaves or certain things out of an area based on that knowledge, the kind of instincts that they have or whatever it might be. So because of that, you're going to find that at certain times of year, a food plot maybe will not be getting touched at all. Even though it looks beautiful and it's green or whatever it might be, they might not be feeding on it this time of year because they might be focusing on something different. Or even if your food plot is a decent food source at this time of year, if they have an even better food source that's abundantly available closer to where they bed or something, maybe they'll select for that. So in this case, I think there's two things going on. Um, Number one, in general, brassicas tend to be most palatable, most attractive to deer after a really good hard frost and then into the late season. So in a lot of cases, I'm not seeing brassicas get hit really hard. This isn't a rule because certainly I get deer feeding on my brassica food plots even early in the season, but just not as much. So they will be more attractive as you get later into the season. Now, clover is something that usually is pretty attractive early and mid-season, but if you've got that clover planted in with your brassicas, and you're saying that your brassicas are already knee-high, that means that they are way over top of that clover, and that clover is not getting any sun, so there might not be even any clover alive still if it's completely sunned out by the brassicas. That's just a thought. Um, So that's one thing, is the brassicas simply aren't that palatable right now. Another thing that I hear a lot is um, sometimes when brassicas are planted for the first time in an area, deer don't really understand them and they aren't like they don't figure them out i don't know why this is but i've I've heard it many 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 times lots of times people talk about the first year you plant brassicas deer don't eat them it takes them some time to figure out what they are or to figure out that they like them i don't really understand why but it's just the case um so lots of times that first year of brassicas they won't be hitting them hard and as soon as they figure it out though then they just slay them so for me, that kind of was the case when I first started this, this area where I plant food plots. Um, that first year, the, the, the use was kind of light, but now it's very, very heavy, especially like mid-November on, they just get hammered. And then once you get into December and really cold and snowy, I mean, every deer will flock to it. Um, but this time of year, there's just lots of different food sources. There could be crop fields that are getting harvested, so there might be loose grain, loose soybeans or corn on in, in a crop field. That's very attractive. There could be lots of acorns. That's very attractive. Or whatever the mass crop might be in your area. Maybe it's persimmons, white oaks, uh, apples, lots of different things out there. So my best guess is it's something like that. I think that the food source right now, your food plot isn't the most thing or excuse me, the most palatable thing. And then there just might be a better food source out there. Um, if I had to guess based on what I'm hearing, that's what I'm thinking could be the case. I would say bide your time by late season. It should be really good. And if not, I think by next year they'll figure it out. So don't give up. Um, maybe though you might want to consider in the future planning your food plot, uh, in strips, so something I do rather than mixing something like clover and brassicas together where the brassicas could, could sun it out, you know, shade it out, um, I would plant them together but just next to each other. So a strip of clover, a strip of brassicas. So you've got that early season attraction in the clover and it's not being affected by the big leaves of the brassicas. And then you've got that late season with the brassicas right next to it. So you can still hunt that food source all through the season. You simply get the best growing conditions for both in the same area. Uh, what do you think, Matt? I think you took all the good answers. <laughs> I, I think you nailed it, honestly. Uh, now, one thing I would that I kind of keyed in on that you didn't touch on, and I don't necessarily think this is his, his issue as to why they're not hitting those brassicas right now, because I agree with you. Like 
I just don't think they're hitting. I don't think it's very palatable for them yet. But um, he talked about he planted it in a uh, like a dried up swamp um, bed or whatever. There's a very good possibility that the the soil just doesn't have the nutrients to make it palatable either. Um, so I would suggest next year doing a um, a soil sample and and you can get those done anywhere and everywhere pretty pretty easy. I, I think biologic you can go on the website and print out a farm and and send it in and it's it's very 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 cheap so anyways um that would be the first thing that i would do next year the other thing you know you already touched on it but like here the other night i think a couple nights ago i was sitting over um, a radishes plot and they had been just mauling these radishes well that night and it was it was during that cold front so it was super super cold they bypassed everything and went right out to my farmer's beans and just, I mean, head down, totally just concentrated on beans. And that's it. And I was a little surprised to see that uh, this time of year, but I guess it was cold enough. It just drove them to go get that, that um, grain food source. So right now, too, you know, just getting out of the timber this morning, I could hear, you know, acorns dropping left and right. I mean, they're still a lot of mass crop out there. So, um, th- to your point, there's just a lot of options this time of year. And I actually had it here on the lease when I planted, um, uh, brassicas for the first time, they didn't touch them either. They, they never touched them. It, it was the weirdest thing. They looked beautiful, lush. Um, and an- another point that whole first year deal, like for whatever reason, they don't seem to, to understand them that first year, but they can also actually grow past the point of palatability too, um, depending on when you planted it. So you got to make sure you're planting it at the right time of year for that food source. So, uh, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it and I'm, I have a lot more to learn, but these are just some of the things that I've kind of, you know, heard Mark and Terry talk about over and over and over. So, um, I check your pH first and, you know, see what the soil is doing and you never know, you might need to, you know, put a few things of lime or whatever on top of it when you plant it, just to make sure that it actually is going to be something that, that is, you know, grows to its full potential and something that they desire. So that, that would be the only thing that I would add to what you've already said. Yeah, that, that's a great point. The nutrition thing. I think that definitely could be a factor. Um, and you know, as this podcast is going out, um, into the world, it's going to be that week of like November, uh, geez, what is it? November like five, six, six seven, eight, some, somewhere around there. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times when we as hunters think about the rut, we aren't necessarily thinking of food as much. We're thinking pinch points, bedding areas, that kind of thing. But it's still important to know this kind of stuff, to pay attention to what food source is most attractive because that's where the does are going. So you do want to understand which food source is most palatable and attractive to does right now. And then, you know, then use that to determine where you should be hunting for the bucks as they, you know, try to check those does. So I do think one of the very most important things to scout for and to be paying attention to all throughout the hunting season is how the how the majority of the deer are transitioning from food source to food source. If you can keep tabs on what's the most attractive thing, you know, during this week and this week and this week as you go through, that really can help inform your decisions from a hunting standpoint. Um it's just it's just one of the very very most important things because right deer are ran by their stomachs um 
you can kind of figure everything out based off of that. And your dad and Mark do a great job of, of helping people understand that. They talk a lot about, um, if I remember right, I'm going to get like the phrase they, they use wrong, but lots of times when it's warmer, they tend to talk about they're going to go to green food sources. When those colder fronts come through, they're going to tend to go to grains, um, like your corn or your beans. Um, I think that's right. Is that correct, Matt? Right. Yep. That's yeah, that's dead on. And the other thing, you know, about this week that where this podcast is airing, you know, you're going to be going into spots that you probably don't normally go into and you're trying to catch them in that transition from food back to bed. So you're trying to beat them back to their bedroom. And, um, you know, with, with, like you said, you keying in on what, what are the does doing? Cause the bucks are going to be right there behind them, but you're, you're, you know, this time of year, if it, if it gets as cold as it's supposed to, you know, they could certainly be out hitting that corner or being food source, you know, during, um, during those, you know, during the nighttime. So get in between them and their bedding area, you know, in those morning hunts, but in the evening hunts, I mean, you're still wanting to sit on a food source. You just need to sit the type of food source that they're hitting to your point that time of year. So if it's super cold, I'd be sitting over corn or you might even have some, you know, in some states you can brush hog your corn or whatever. If you have standing corn, you know, sit over some cut corn, um, or sit over a bean field or whatever, but cut corn during this time of year. And then, then those evening hunts, that's tough to beat as well. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, just another thing to note that, um, when we're talking about how shift, you know, how a deer's priority of food sources changed throughout the year, it's also that thing that you just mentioned right there, right? When a cornfield or when a grain field is harvested, those couple di- those couple days just after, that'll be like one of the absolute most popular food sources because there's all that waste grain that's so easily accessible on the ground now. So if you if you have a cornfield that hasn't been harvested yet, when you see those combines in there, make sure that you are close to that over the coming couple days because from everything I've seen and experienced, I mean it it just automatically goes to the top of the list for the local deer when that happens. Um, so, so key on that. Yep. We got, we, I'm looking at right now, we probably got 80 acres sitting here on my lease of corn and probably 30 acres of beans right next to each other. And I know I finally went down there and there's like a Creek that runs through it. And I, I went down there and hung a, a camera. I never, I never concentrate on this end of the farm because it's kind of the, the very far end of it. It's next to the road. It's just not something that I concentrate. I always try to go back and in deep into the timber, but because it's there, I know there's deer in there and I'm starting to see sign just trees are ripped up and scrapes all throughout this area. And so I finally, I hung a camera down there and sure enough, I'm getting all my, my big deer are running through there. You know, you're talking two, 3 AM, but, um, I know they're down there and I know they're living in there. So until he cuts that, it kind of, it kind of changes. You're not, I don't know that you're seeing quite the same movement that you would otherwise. So like in this case, I can't dictate when the farmer is going to come in and harvest his corn, but I did reach out to him and say, Hey, I want to try to buy three, three acres or four acres off of you. And in the far corner, I want to, I want to leave that three or four acres. And then I want to, I got a, um, a muddy blind that I want to pull down here it's a, it's a portable one. And I want to put it up once he harvests that other 70 some odd acres, I want to position the blind right there and be ready, you know, for a Northwest, North, Northwest wind, because I have a feeling it's going to be unbelievable down there. And it's somewhere six, seven years. I don't think between me and my lease partner, I don't think anybody's ever hunted there. 
Wow. So it's just, to your point, you got to change your tactics depending on what food sources around you. Yeah, that, that could be a, that could be a really money setup. That's awesome. It could be. If he, if he harvests that right before gun season, look out because yeah. it's, it's, that would be deadly for gun season. Well, I hope it works out for you, man. And I guess, I guess on that note, I feel like we covered this uh, question pretty good, hopefully. Um, so should we wrap this one up? Yeah, before we do, give me a prediction. What do you think? If this is going to be airing, you know, the week of the 6th to the 10th, what's your prediction for that week? What what do people need to be really keyed in on? Well, I think, you know, it should be it should be on. I mean, that time frame year in and year out is one of the best times of year to see mature bucks on their feet because, you know, we haven't quite reached that peak of um, estrus for or for does. So there's still, you know, you don't you're not quite in that lockdown phase. There's a lot of bucks looking around trying to find those does getting ready. This is when you're gonna see that chasing. This is when you see that fighting. I mean, this is it. So be in the woods no matter what. Um, now that said, it also looks like. In a lot of parts of the country, we're going to have good weather that coincides with that time frame as well. Um, in past years, I feel like the last five, six years, there's always like a three or four or five day period during those first week or two of November where you're getting like really high temperatures and it slows things down. I'm not seeing that, at least in my in my neck of the woods. So I think that bodes well for, for rut hunters right now. So get in the tree, hunt hard, it's just a matter of putting in the time. And, uh, and good things can happen. So my prediction is we're in for a fun week. If you can be in the tree, make it happen. Um, and good luck. What do you think, Matt? I, I agree. I think the if I were to pick just in this area where I'm at, the, the best days are the 7th, 8th, 9th. Those three days I think are going to be the best days. And who knows, by then you might actually see some of your bigger, more mature bucks already freeing up and looking for, you know, the next available doe. So, um, cause I, in my opinion, I think they've, I think the, the mature bucks have found a doe already, but just based on my cameras and based on what I'm hearing from Mark and Terry and, and guys like Jay Gregory. And so I, I think, um, that period look out it's cause the weather, the moon, uh, the fifth through the 10th, the moon is perfect. It'll be rising or it'll be setting later in the morning. So, um, I think that it'll keep the deer up on their feet later. So you have a very good chance to catch something going back to bed from food, uh, that you normally wouldn't be seeing that time of year. You'd be, you know, they'd be just, you know, going through there more like three or four or 5 AM. But I think you're going to see them up on their feet later. And, uh, I think a lot of deer are going to die maybe more than normal for that time of year. And it's always a good time of year, Mm -hmm. but the weather and the moon are going to be deadly. Well, I sure hope you're right, because I'm going to be in a tree all day for all those days we just talked about, so I sure hope it's some exciting time in the tree stand, because when the conditions aren't so good and you're sitting there for 13 straight hours without seeing anything, that's kind of brutal. (laughs) Yeah, ditto. All right, well, all my fingers and toes are crossed, and um, I think with that, maybe we'll leave our, our listeners and viewers with our couple quick updates or reminders. Um, as usual, really quick, if you'd like to submit a question for a future episode, you can do that by going to wiredtohunt.com slash 100% wild. And if you want to get your audio version of this podcast right on your phone or tablet or computer, you want to subscribe on iTunes or the Apple podcast app or Stitcher or Google play. Um, that is the easiest way to do it. Awesome. I have a cool update for this week. All right. So 
for our social media at Drury Outdoors, we're doing a campaign called Rut Riot, hashtag Rut Riot. And we're going to have a like a like one of those picture frames over on our Drury Outdoors Facebook page that you can uh, go to it and uh, take any picture, any harvest photo or whatever, and attach that picture frame to it and hashtag Rut Riot. We'll have some really cool gear that we're giving away. Um, it's going to be really, really fun, a fun week. We anticipate really good things with the way the moon is, the weather is, and um, make sure while you're out there, if it is slow for you, give us a phase selfie. Give us a phase <laughs> five selfie and and uh, make sure and tag at Drury Outdoors and at Taylor Drury, at Matt Drury 81, and we'll try to retweet you or, or uh, regram you or whatever. So a lot of cool stuff we're giving away. Just got to make sure and follow us at Drury Outdoors and remember to hashtag Rut Riot. Uh, will you promise me that if I send you a rut phase, uh, selfie that you'll, that you'll retweet me, Matt? That's right, man. I, <laughs> I need your help. You, you need to retweet me. I need some of those wire to hunt fanatics following me. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. All right, man. Well, uh, good luck on your hunts and uh, to everyone out there listening and viewing. Thank you for being with us and, uh, good luck out there to you too. All right, everybody stay safe and use your safety harness.